Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your parenting guide on the side today. Today we're talking parenting issues, and boy, do we need it. I just had what I would call my son on the show, Itty Bitty Sky Boy, snap his fingers and say, hey, hey, chop, chop, got to get going now. What is a parent to do? You weren't focused. I was I was totally focused. Well, you're you making have, small you talk with Bryce over there. I'm a highly trained professional. I can do that. Yeah, but the music was starting. Did your parents, did they not ever teach you that you can't snap <laughs> at your parents? Did they not teach you that? Did your dad have a woodshed? I had a nephew do that to me once. Like, hey, snap, snap. I was like, <laughs> yeah. for a four-year-old, you sure do have attitude. <laughs> Isn't it that that was your nephew that lost his hand? Uh, yes. The snapper. Yeah. Snap on, snap off. The snapper. What are you saying? I there? like snapping. Well, you don't snap at people. This <laughs> yeah, is a parenting you've issue. snapped at me. Hey, stop that. See? <laughs> no, but I was just, I've never snapped. I have to no, snap because no, no, you, you're, you're looking snap. the other way snapping. <laughs> I only nap snap. When nap, you're napping, snap. I snap. Okay. Anyway, on the show today, we're talking about peaceful parenting. How are we supposed to deal with really difficult children <laughs> that don't pay attention half the time and then are really demanding the other half? A la Skyboy. We're going to be calling Sky's parents today as well. Really? Which is really going to be exciting. I'm excited for that part. Well, yeah. We actually have to call, apparently, a special hospital where your parents are living to recuperate Uh, from raising you. uh, I didn't know they were there. You didn't? It's it's called the Bahamas. Hey, what's the etiquette on shining lights in people's eyes? I don't know. Matt sure does do it a lot. (laughs) He does a lot. It's not light. It's my bling. It's the light reflection. It's the light reflecting on my bling, my jeweled... Your bejeweled wrist. My bejeweled wrist. Is it more rude to snap your fingers at someone yes. and shine light in oh, for sure. someone's eyes? I think it's just bullying all around. <laughs> bullying? Yeah. Bowling? I love bowling. I love bowling. You know, someone pointed out yesterday, um, it seems like bullying is what a weird the word. social equivalent of the argument. Like, you know, they'll talk about things in arguments like this. You pulled the blank card. Sometimes they're yeah. like, you pulled the race card. In other words, you're using something else to, you know... Get rid of my argument, even though you don't have anything else to argue yeah. with. Uh, they talk about bullying is like the social equivalent of the race card. That you just yeah, like someone's you... doing something like bullying. Oh, there we go. Like, oh, oh, great. Oh, hey, I it, call the bully card. Yeah, great. <laughs> Man, when we're off the air, I'm going to so bully her. <laughs> That's not nice. Today, peaceful parenting. And we thought um, our own uh, Bryce Lamar Tobin has put together some incredible research. He tracked down for all of you who have children. I tracked down Merritt, who did all the actual work. Okay, good. That was that was the key. You tracked down Merritt, who found twenty three tips for sanity for parents. This is, this is, I like the title of this. Okay, twenty three exceedingly helpful. Good tips for maintaining your sanity. By the way, did you just see what? Did you just see what Sky just tried to do? What did he just do? That's called a bid. He's now trying to make up and be nice to me. So he gave me an eye wink. He winked. He like. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I think I think that was really just a facial tick. I should <laughs> probably go to the doctor. <laughs> He's got a little twitch. Every anyway, time he, every time he gets bullied, he just <laughs> yeah, he gets all twitchy. <laughs> it's not bullying. You don't snap. That's the rule. Okay, okay. Rule number one. Okay, for sanity. Sorry, tip number one. Lower your standards for cleanliness and order. Oh, See, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Step number two. Did that? Okay, lower them even more. <laughs> How low can you go? How low can you go? And you know what? I have a feeling 
once you get as low as you can go, I, I think that's still not low enough. Wait, well, lower, lower your own standards? Lower your lower standards. Your, yeah, like limitations of other people's cleanliness in order. Well, that's essentially what you're doing. I saw my son the other day spill jam. Oh, jam. On his shirt. What? Jam. Or jelly. I don't know. I mean, know. Like, jam isn't very liquidy. It's, it's, slow, it's a slow well, thing. It was, was it like in a – was there a lot on his sandwich mm-hmm. and he took a bite and yeah. it just – Yeah, it went right down his shirt. That's and then we the were worst. we were yeah. going somewhere, so I'm like, you probably need to change that shirt. And he's like, I got it. And then he just <laughs> stuck it in his mouth <laughs> and <laughs> just tried to suck the jam out of the fiber. How do you do? On a scale of one to five, how do you do? I thought amazingly well. My wife, who has oh. high standards, my wife who has standards, thought not so great. Yes, but notice in that exchange – you were happy. She wasn't. That was good. Let it go. Let it be. If he wants his shirt to stick to You, him, more sane. Yeah. Marty, not so much. I guess that – does that mean I'm more sane? Well, and being what? responsible for your own messes versus your kids. Uh, when your kid makes a mess, it's not your job to clean up after uh, everything. But see, honestly, we put our Christmas tree up last night and I needed some help because, you know, it's not a real tree. So that was my question. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> I believe in preserving the environment. We never do real cheese. We did it one time at my house. And yeah, there were you're killing everywhere. Trees. Actually, we're just too cheap, and we bought a tree 20 years ago, and it still works. It's easy. Yeah, sure. All the limbs are falling off. Real trees <laughs> smell so good, though. Well, yeah, Your but you can just buy a little amazing. air no, freshener. No, no, yeah, yeah. You get a candle. You get a Christmas tree candle. <laughs> light it in the house. Boom. Leave it on the whole day. Boom! Smells like Christmas tree for yeah. about the next two weeks. And you just got to get another one. It's yeah. like the same. If I if we wait long enough at my house, one of my kids will just smell like Axe cologne. And oh. We just let <laughs> him walk around boys. the house. <laughs> it's pretty hot. So um, you know, but I'm trying to get my kids to put a tree together and help. Come on, this is for you because my wife and I are good without a tree. <laughs> We've done enough trees, and then we feel You're like over it. We're bah humbugging. It's bad, but they helped kind of. I had I had all of my kids start helping, and I had none finish. So once I got the lights on, I walked away. Do you guys put a star on top? Mm-hmm. Angel. Angel. Who puts the angel? <laughs> Who do you think? You. The only one that can reach it. All right. Well, sometimes the little kids complain that they want to put it up and you have Matt, to lift them up. Matt's kids aren't tall. My kids are Yeah, not. but that's why you lift them up. Yeah, oh, I right. couldn't yeah. lift my yeah, kids. You just toss them like a javelin. <laughs> star in one hand. Woo! <laughs> my kids are not tall, and they're heavy to lift. <laughs> Say no more. They're dense. They're, dense. they're very, very dense. dense. <laughs> and that's not talking about their intellect. They're, um, we, actually, we didn't put it up yet. We haven't put that up yet. Oh. We're saving that. But how do you get kids involved? That's what I'm asking Lara Markham, our guest today. How do you get a kid involved? It's crazy. It's It's Christmas. Who doesn't want to put the tree up? Tell them they won't get any gifts unless they help. I know. The gifts need a place. Yeah. They don't have a place. They're not coming. Yeah. They need a, a perch. Uh, they need to a landing zone under a fake tree. Yeah. With the smell of axe wafting mm. through the house. Mm. <laughs> Phoenix. Mm. That, if that doesn't say Christmas, I don't know what does. Okay. So what are some more um, tips? Here's one that's kind of cool. Don't buy white furniture. Totally. I absolutely agree. Because yeah. any kids are disgusting. Kids, Don't buy white just, anything. Just assume kids have, even though they've taken it, just always assume they have a layer of black grime. Just yeah. a, even a tiny thin layer. No, they don't even assume. They do. They do. Okay? And just if they get near something that's clean, it will get dirty. Even if there's nothing around yeah. to make it dirty. Yeah. Don't that's make it dirty. That's great advice. In fact, I was I was at my parents' place for, for Thanksgiving. And do they have oh, white couches. No, no, no. We have old brown cat perfect. couches. But brown is the perfect color. That's they a, used to be white, but now they're brown. <laughs> but hey, 
Now they're brown. No, yeah. I, I was there for four days. Two of the days, it was just me and my parents. We didn't really make any mess besides dishes. Yeah. Okay? Nothing really happened. My sister and her three kids showed up. Tornado. Junk everywhere. Just everywhere. Yeah. But it, it was fine. But it's because cute. We just, we just lowered our junk. standards. We're just like, you know what? There's going to be a yeah. plastic toy whip thing and a truck and a foam sword right. and, you know, weebles that wobble. Yeah. No, that's – see, that's what children are for, right? That is – and that's cool. It's really cool. It's just after 20 years of it, you thought somebody <laughs> would be picking stuff up. My daughter got married and moved out. I went down and checked a closet where she used to live in the room she used to live. Gone. I mean, it's full of stuff. She's gone. We still have all of her junk. I went to our storage unit, our storage room, tons of junk. Not junk, her stuff. Matt, here's one I don't get. Don't paint any walls in your house with flat paint. What's the reasoning for that? What's flat paint? Uh, flats like non shiny paint, right? It's like not textured. You know when you see a wall that has like kind of the bumps and grooves and stuff like that? It's just a, not textured because if someone gouges it or whatever, it's a lot easier to fix. Yeah. We – I don't know that we've ever painted walls. I mean you painted your basement. Well, but I you don't live there. My wife did. <laughs> you're like, you're like <laughs> funny we... story. Uh, that was a her, not a we. We but, didn't. Uh, she did. Flat paint, yeah. Uh, I think you're supposed to get the um, – What's the like the the paint that anything can stick to and you wipe it off? It's a little shiny. Watercolor. Yeah, know. no, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, you're asking the wrong person. I I'm like a college student that way. Unlike you guys, except for Hannah knows what Matt. Oh, I'm Matt. Hannah knows what flat paint. I don't know. I've never heard it described as flat paint. Like yeah. there's all I know with paint is that there's primer and then there's paint. Paint. So yeah. that's. <laughs> Well, there's some there's like matte finish, which is duller. Well, that's that has to do with like the paint quality. If you're actually as it's weird, I've remodeled houses. Mm. This is why I know this. But um, if you're building a basement that has no walls, you're putting up all of the the crap. You have to actually get one of those. Oh, I can't even think of what they're called. The spray machines on the wall. Don, hey, oh, Don, hey, hey, Don's, Don's here. here to tell us all. He can. Explain what is it, Don? Flat paint. Father of nine kids. Did you use flat paint? Here's the deal. Flat paint, beautiful. I thought all paint was flat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, some was round. Yeah. Um, but you get a crayon or marking uh-huh. on flat paint. You try and wash it off. All the paint comes off too. High gloss or gloss. semi-gloss. That was it. Semi-gloss. Yeah. yeah that baby. stuff, you just take a rag yeah. to it. You could hose it off. off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gloss all about getting the marks off. Yeah. So flat though is Satin. just – flat is like – it's like chalk. It's like of. dusty. Yeah. Yes, yeah, dusty. You you rub up against it, and your sweater gets the color. Okay. Give us some more parenting Why tips. Why is that here, pretty? Just out of I don't know. That sounds gross. Well, some maybe you want dust. Like maybe you have a desert scene in your house. Yeah. And you want dust. And actually, all I know is I hate painting, and so whatever I and I would put up, what I hate vinyl. Well, yeah. yeah. Why not linoleum? Yeah. Put linoleum on the walls. Do they even have that linoleum anymore? That's I don't what know. I grew up on. Linoleum is the best. Yeah, I, I remember when I had my first wood floor. I the linoleum didn't know that looks do. like tile. Yeah, exactly. I, had, I grew up with linoleum that looked like bricks. I, I grew up with linoleum that looked like somebody <laughs> dropped a lot of stuff on the floor. <laughs> yeah, somebody scattered graffiti all over your floor yeah, or something. With, gl- with glitter. Confetti. <laughs> so, okay, give us some uh, parenting tips. Give us, give us one of your doozies, one of your nine kids. Okay, that's a lot of parenting. Uh, remember their names. 
Do you remember? Yeah, that's important. That's always See, good. then they got their wives, and then they've got their children. Hey, you, that, that, you get into that. The you older start you get, the more you start night. with the, yeah, you start naming one until you get the right name. <laughs> um, already got that going on. Let's see what else. Uh, it, uh, there, there are no, there is nothing to remember. There are no rules. Well, really, because the rules can't. They don't just. They don't always stay. Yeah, no. It's every There's, and every child is different. No matter yeah. how much you think, okay, I got it. I got it pegged now. I got it dialed in. <sighs> and then they they mess with you. Because we we really did a killer job with our first one. But then we found out the second one. We hadn't dealt with him for like fifteen years. We found out he <laughs> was completely different. <laughs> Because we, yeah, we, he just lived down in the basement, yeah. so we didn't see him much. No, but they're different. totally different. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. um, but then they, never, then they leave you and they never come back. Yeah, that happens. Although uh, on you, Thanksgiving, yeah. we, had, uh, we had a six out of nine gathering with wow. our grandkids. Did you, rent, uh, did you rent the Delta Center? <laughs> no, we didn't. We should have. Did uh, You used to have one living with you. Are they still mm-hmm. living with you? Nope. Trying to figure oh, out. They're gone. They're moving on. Yes. Well, there may oh, be the, yeah. I bet there's a trick in there. What did you do? <laughs> you had to have done something to move them on because I uh, would just stay and live with you, Don. Let's see. There were some pressure tech Let's, <laughs> tactics that came into place. You walk around the house half clothed. <laughs> that moves them on really uh, yeah, fast. That does. Yeah, that's, that's an incentive <laughs> right there. That's kind of scary. Hey, um, Skyboy's wondering if he could live with you and your wife. We have some room now, Sky. Awesome. <laughs> uh, there are a few rules that come along with that. That involves uh, doing all the work around the house. What's and, the payment? Is there a payment? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's it's like a couple thousand dollars. It covers just what the expenses, uh, a couple thousand maybe. And also, you have to take care of the dogs. Yes. Uh, two dogs. dogs. Two dogs, not one but two. Oh, I man. would love that. Well, Don, if you have questions today, <laughs> we've got the pro. I mean, you yeah. won't have any because you've- I'm always learning. I'm always learning. You're still in school. Yeah. You want to talk we about all that? Are. When are you going to get that We're done? learning a lot about Don right now. His, all of his kids, his dogs. I was like, I just came in to tell He's you about, in school. What other personal raise, information? I, I Can I get your social security number? Yeah. As a matter of no, fact. I was wondering because I Hey, but heard... my, my password is 12345, just in case you were wondering. Brilliant. <laughs> I think I've used oh, that. Man, I, I messed That's it up password. for so many people just now. <laughs> I didn't think we could both have the same password. Well, Don, thanks, my friend. Yeah. Give us a buzz. Semi-gloss. Yeah, semi-gloss. Gloss or semi-gloss, either one. Or linoleum. That's what it is, flat paint. It rubs off on you when you walk by it. And we've all, I've dealt with so that I forgot, before. did it's they say awful. use flat paint or don't use flat don't. paint? Don't. don't. Here, give us some more. Um, socks do not have to match. Oh, boy. Get over that. Totally. And they don't even have to match each other or the clothes you're wearing. No, absolutely. Like absolutely. My wife, when we send our kids to church, she's always so mad because she wants them to have dark socks. My socks don't match. Let's, right now they don't. They don't match. I'm wearing a, let's see, wearing a argyle gray one. Yeah, that's, and you know what? And I think the other one's lime green with frogs on it. Did your parents, they didn't teach you that if you're in an accident, you're going to look really silly in the hospital. I don't care. I don't think I've worn, oh, just kidding. The other one is uh, blue and white with smiley faces. Okay, well, that didn't work. That's but a good rule. I only have two kinds of socks to wear. This time they work. This time they're matching. What, but uh, what? They're just white socks. But they're two different brands. Brands, I guess. It's easy to match socks when you only buy the same kind. Yeah. yeah. When you well, or when you only have one sock. The problem solves itself. But it's really not even two. Well, socks. then you can't match. No, you just have you, one. Sock. You just have one sock. Yeah. The mono sock. I have a million extra socks if you guys need them. Hey. I have a drawer bring full one of over. extra socks. Are they you, used? Yeah, but they're, no. they're just – I don't know where all the other ones went. Uh, it's that, do you match that, your socks then? Uh, yeah, but you know how I, what I've been wearing lately, but don't tell anyone. 
sports socks. Like, uh, that's like really a Nike swoosh sock because then you just match swooshes. Mm. Using symbols to. But I uh, even wear them with suits, whatever. No one's <laughs> that's what I'm wearing socks. right now. Really? Got the little swooshes. Yeah. That's cute. We uh, match. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've got something in common. <laughs> How weird is that? Uh, give, me, give me one more. Rule. Last one. Just say no to ironing. <laughs> Tell me about and it. And I, I think it's two reasons in there. I'm going to assume um, it, little kids. Oh, yeah. they just If they're in wrinkly clothes, whatever. Yeah, right. If people think you have dirty poor children, then That's all right, whatever. Right. They didn't call them unruly, right. unparented you know, it's hard children. as an ironer. It's hard to iron things that are small. Like, I can iron. <laughs> That's my actually shirt. really true. When I have to iron my little son's shirt, it's hard to do that. You're like the iron is as big. So you're just one, two, okay, done. Yep. Ch- ch- done. Ch- ch- it's like a little beat there. It's a beat. Ch- ch- oh, we should. Scary. We should. Use, we should take that and use it for a mix or something. Let's add that. <clears throat> Let's do it. Let's add that. Okay. So uh, peaceful parenting. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to unleash the Kraken. After this break, uh, Bryce Tobin's going to come back. He's going to give us a rant about bad parents. Your life isn't over. Come on. Who didn't have a bad parent at one moment or another? No one's perfect. Right. So we're going to work on that. And then Dr. Laura Markham's going to be uh, joining us. She's going to teach us some of the skills and tools for peaceful parenting, how to get rid of the yelling and how to create some positive discipline. This is the Matt Townsend Show, your parenting headquarters, right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, kiddos, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking peaceful parenting. You know, it's hard because sometimes you just want to go back to the old Abraham Isaac model where we just sacrifice the kid. Wow, that got dark really fast. Well, I was interested where you're taking let's that. Let's back it out of that. Uh, but then but we he can't didn't, do that. But that's happy story. He didn't. Right, he didn't. No. And so now what we're going to do instead is learn how to be better parents. You can't just sacrifice them. You can't just leave them and walk away. You have to parent. But... Some of us are afraid to, and some of us have really good stories, according to Bryce Lamar Tobin, on why our lives are so messed up. I feel like our gen, like my generation, I feel like everyone was just like, oh, something's wrong. It's because my parents. And I feel like that got overused, and that probably wasn't actually the case. So let's find out what is the case. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. Like most jobs you get, parents have no idea what they're doing when they start, and they only really have a clue what's going on by the time it's all over. Then there are others that were pretty terrible parents. But kids are resilient. In fact, some are very resilient. So if you had bad parents, I have bad news for you. You can't just use their mistakes as your excuse for absolutely everything. Some kids shine and some kids don't, but let's break down the science of it all. As far as we can tell, our parents make up about half our personality, and the other half is our environment. But let's start with the genetics of it all. It's uncommon for both mom and dad to be bad parents. So for the individual with the bad parents, at least a quarter of their personality could be considered bad. 
This could manifest itself in how short their fuse is or how they treat people that are important to them. The next part is the environment. This also falls into a sort of 50-50 span. Parents control a child's environment for about the first half of their life, but once they become teenagers, they spend about a minimum of six conscious hours at home. Once they're teenagers, they have much more control over their environment, or in the very least, parents have very little control over their environment. And anyone with teenagers can attest, most of those six hours at home are spent trying to get as far away from home for as long as possible. So when we break it down, we're all somewhere between 0 and 50% victims of our parenting. Now, if there was a majority on one side or the other, then I'd say there's probably some instances where you can throw your arms up and just blame your parents. But that just doesn't seem to be the case. Turns out, we can only be just as responsible as our parents. So really, when someone demands an explanation from us, we should say, it's a combination of my parents and my own poor decisions in the past. So let me give you an example of this. There's Andre Agassi. His dad sounds like a class A jerk. His parenting methodology was near abusive. He would make his son go out on the tennis courts and play every day. He even made a machine to chuck balls full speed at little Andre. But you can't say it didn't work. Andre Agassi has been very successful. And since retiring, as far as I can tell, he seems like a pretty all right guy. Also, I would like to mention that he has said that he is not pushing his two kids into doing tennis. I wonder why. So having bad parents is definitely a type of handicap. It's more junk for you to deal with from the start that really wasn't your fault. But think about it. Our parents are supposed to act as a template. They have their positive and negative qualities, but it's up to their children to become refined versions of their parents and then improve on that template. We'd be a pretty boring species if we were nothing but copies of our progenitors. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Well, if we can't blame our parents, who do we blame? Well, looks like we're just going to have to take responsibility and deal with life instead of just blaming. Oh, man. My generation is good at blaming. You know what we do? We say, there's no jobs. Blame the generation before us. Yeah. See? I mean, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. That's fine. Well, you know what? That's why I like Skyboy. Oh. You can always blame Skyboy. It's actually really, you kind of can. Everything. I'll take the blame. Everything on the show. Not only can we, we do. We kind of do. Because what's he going to do? Whenever Don's like, hey, what happened? All the thing, we're like, oh, Sky. Sky. Uh, mm. I don't think Sky was here. Oh, he came in after hours. When you think about it, so much of who you are, you don't even know yeah. who you are. Right? I mean, why do you do what you do? Why do you do – why do you get worried when something happens? Why do you anticipate something is going to fail before it even does? Because that may not have been your parents that taught you to be freaking out about something in the future. You may have anxiety. You may not even know you have anxiety. You, you might use Windows products. <laughs> you might use Windows products. You might be a human. You might, you might even be human. So here's the deal. Apparently, as parents, we have to parent humans and we have to be humans without fully knowing what is really going on. And that's why – we have not – that's why we are not colonizing on Mars because we're a bunch of idiots taking yeah. care of idiots. Why blow up Mars when we can't even handle our own Christmas tree setting up? Exactly. No, you're right. that's right. That's a small little bit of – come on, guys. This, yeah. is, this is nothing bad for anyone I and think, we can't do it. I think we've hit it. This is why we can't have but nice then things. But one more trick. We think though – we think we know what's going on. Because oh, we're convinced. Yeah, because we've been a kid. Right. So 
instead of just assuming you know what's going on, why don't we talk to the pro? Okay, on our show today is an incredible guest. We're lucky to have her, Dr. Lara Markham's joining us. She's the author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting. Markham trained as a clinical psychologist, earning her PhD from Columbia University. You can find her online at ahaparenting.com, A-H-A parenting.com. We're going to be back with Dr. Laura Markham on Peaceful Parenting. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show again. Today, we're talking about peaceful parenting, a topic I uh, am so excited to learn about. Someday, I'd like to enter into the reign of peaceful parenting. I am a parent, six kids, and it's fairly peaceful. It's just not always peaceful. And kids are hard. Some of you may not have noticed. They're just so different, and they actually think that they have a say. (sighs) Actually, they do have a say. So we've brought in an expert who's going to to try to teach us today how to be a peaceful parent, you know, how to help lose the yelling, how to create positive discipline. She's going to give us some very practical tips. Her name is Dr. Lara Markham. She is the author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting, Markham is trained as a clinical psychologist. She earned her PhD at Columbia University. And uh, you can find her website uh, at ahaparenting.com. And you can find out more information there, blogs and other things she's written. Dr. Lara, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Matt, thank you so much. You bet. Great to have you. Now, okay, we love kids. We do. I do. It's just they're so hard. They don't think right. <laughs> yes, they are hard. <laughs> they are indeed. I think parenting is the hardest thing we do. I do too. And you know why it's hard? It's hard for, you know, we could list all the reasons why kids are difficult. Right. But I think the bottom line reason that it is so hard is that it's hard for us to manage our own emotions. Yes. Because, you know, we can all be great parents when we're not triggered, right? Right. When things are going well, yeah. we're loving, we're funny, we're, we can take things in stride. But when we get triggered, when our buttons get pushed, we fly off the handle, and then, you know, we make everything worse. And I think that's the biggest challenge for us. Don't you think? I, I think you're right on. It's, we think the problem with parenting are the children. <laughs> But that very thought is the problem, isn't it? We're the ones that have to control our emotions, and a lot of us don't have the skills or the tools to do this in the first place. You know, we, we, don't, we haven't ever just had to focus on the skills of trying to influence somebody at a you know, four-year-old level. So we don't know what to do. And I think in our frustration, like you're saying, we get hijacked emotionally, and once we lose it, it's all over. Right, and we're acting like four-year-olds, too. Yeah, and then then your spouse comments on it. Right, exactly. You can count on your kids being childish. Right. They're children. That's their role. Your kids are going to act childish. Exactly. And so we, we always have the power to either inflame that storm or to settle it down. And so what research shows is the more we can regulate ourselves, 
the more children learn to regulate themselves and the more self-control they develop and the more they can manage their emotions, the more they can manage their behavior. It's powerful. What uh, One of the things I see that just, I don't know, when you see it happening to a child, yelling at a child, it just doesn't work. I mean, it works. It, it gets a movement to take place. But there's so much that goes wrong with a child when they're being yelled at. Why is it such a big deal? Educate us. I mean, it seems obvious, but why isn't it, you know, our parents yelled at us, we turned out okay. Right, right, it's true. But think about what kids are learning when we yell at them. First of all, they're learning to yell. Yeah. (laughs) Right, they're learning to yell back. And they're learning that that's how grown-ups solve problems. Yeah, look look where that's going to get you. Yeah. And they're learning not to listen to us until we raise our voices. <laughs> so, yeah, you've conditioned them. Ignore till <laughs> right. the, till the, vo- the volume goes up. Yeah. yeah. And also, you're eroding your relationship with your child. I know you say, oh, it, he doesn't even listen. He rolls his eyes at me when I yell. But that just means he's already hardened his heart to you somewhat. Mm-hmm. You're already losing because, your power, your influence. That's right. That's right. Kids lose respect for us when we yell. And if you want influence during the teen years, and believe me, that's all you have is influence. You have right. no more control, really. You have influence. Right. And if you want influence during the teen years, you don't want to erode that influence by spending your time yelling at your child. You want to develop a relationship of such connection that your child doesn't want to disappoint you. Mm. And you don't do that by yelling. What do you call that when... They want to make, I guess it's honor. They, they, they want to be honorable because you're, they want to honor you. It's not, they don't, they're not afraid of you. They want to do it because it's right. It's good. My daughter once said to me, she's now 18. And she said to me a couple of years ago, mom, of course I follow what you tell me because you always listen to me and you always explain and we always work things out. Hmm. Wow. That would be neat. (laughs) That that'd be a neat thing to hear. Well, I mean, I mean, it's funny, yeah, because that's I guess that's the key, huh? Because you can at some point your child is going to go where they feel safest. They're going to go where they're most accepted. They're going to go where they're most respected. And if they're not coming to you later, it might be because we didn't we chose the easy route: the yelling, the you know, the conniving, the forcing instead of the understanding. Yes. Yes, and all all a child really wants, the truth is all any of us really want is to be accepted and understood. And they will try to be better, to do better when they feel that from us. Right. I mean, think about us. If you get yelled at by your spouse, does that mean you actually uh, do better? No. Does it mean you want to do better? Yeah, no. That's, see, we all know that. Well, what are we supposed to do instead? So as a parent... I mean, I guess, too, there's a good time to yell and a bad time to yell. Mm-hmm. If a truck's coming, yell. Yes, that's a good time to yell. And you won't even think about it. I right. mean, any of us will yell if our child is in danger, of course. And you know what? Even if it's a toddler who doesn't understand hot stove, truck, they will pay attention and they will react and stop what they're doing because it's rare for you to yell. Right. If you yell every day, it's not going to really help to yell when that truck is coming. That's so true. The uh, yeah, when someone never yells, and all of a sudden they're getting energized about something, you, you sure give your attention. Yes. So what do we do instead? Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like 
yelling, like you were saying earlier, it's it's almost an instinct for some people. It's a reaction. And once people are caught up in this reaction, they they obviously may not be able to – they may not have the mind strength to – to know to stop. So what should we be doing instead that might keep some of the emotion out of this? Well, we're, we're really asking two questions, so let's take them one at a time. One is, what do we do instead to get our kid to listen? Another is, what do we do instead to stop ourselves from yelling? So let's start with that one. Yeah. So to stop ourselves from yelling, we need that pause. We need to be able to push the pause button just for a moment so we have a choice about whether we're going to get emotionally hijacked, hmm. right? And the way we do that is breath. You bring your breath, you know, you just, I call it stop, drop, and breathe. Just stop. I say bite your tongue. Give yourself a piercing yeah. if you have to. Just stop. Drop it. Just drop it. Don't try to teach a lesson at that moment because when you're angry, you'll think your child urgently needs to be taught a lesson and you'll say all the wrong things that you'll be sorry for later. So just drop it for just a moment. Drop it. Breathe. Stop, drop, breathe. Take a deep breath. Let it out. And then you have a a choice. Are you going to go down that low road where you're going to be screaming or are you going to take the high road and be a role model for your child about good anger management? Wow. So you're actually creating space emotionally by stop. So if you keep the hunt on and you keep chasing and you keep pursuing your the chemistry will eventually hijack you, take you over. You're yeah. saying notice you're starting to have this effect, this moment. I mean, it could come. Your heart is racing. Your mm-hmm. mouth is drying up. You're starting to lose your vision and focus yeah. in. Then you say stop. Drop the issue. Like It doesn't mean permanently, but right now, right. let it go. Right. Big deep breaths, get some yeah. clarity, and then choose a better response. Exactly. And just resist taking action while you're angry. You'll take such you, – you can intervene. You can teach. But you'll do so much a better job of it when you're not irate. Mm. And I have seen hundreds and hundreds of parents – actually stop yelling. Even parents who came to me and said, I'm a yeller. I come from a long line of yellers. How am I ever going to stop? And they do it by creating a star chart for themselves, by making their children their accountability partners. And at the end of the day, the kids either give them a star or they don't. Oh, great. Kids really are rooting for us. They'll say things like, (laughs) you can do it, mommy, or you only yelled once, mommy. You know, it's so wonderful. That is so cute. And then I could see mine like, "Mm, let's see. I don't know, but the the night's still young, Dad. You could probably still do some other things to get your star. (laughs) Exactly. They want us to to be able to do this. But they're involved. That's what matters, huh? Yes. And they see us controlling ourselves. And that gives them a model to live up to. The whole first section of my book, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, is about how to self-regulate, how to stop yelling, and how really just how to manage ourselves to act like the grown-up in the situation. Love it. Really, uh, it's, it's, we talked about this too on the show yesterday about the power of letting your kids just see that you're, also, you're human. And yes. but you can you're also a changing, evolving, improving human. So getting them involved in your weakness instead of just yelling and and you know letting them participate in the weakness, get them involved in helping you be helping you remember, helping you have a better solution. And you don't have to be perfect. Mm-mm. When you come back to your kid and you say, you know what, I am sorry I yelled at you. You don't ever deserve to be yelled at. 
what you did wasn't okay and we're going to talk about that, but you don't deserve to be yelled at. Nobody does. And I'm working hard on not yelling. What happens is your child learns to apologize, which we all want our children to learn to do. Yeah. They, they build strength and they learn you can repair a relationship. We've all damaged relationships with people we love. And it's important to learn how to make that repair. So you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing, willing to make the repair. Do you think it seems like some parents, um, like you hear about a lot of the parents doing timeouts and other kind of slower in a way, slower methods of disciplining. Back in the day, if you did something wrong, you'd pretty much know quickly if there was going to be a consequence. But now it's a little bit, it, it, it's slowed down. And I had a, a person once tell me, well, I need, I need more immediate movement. I want it. I don't want to wait an hour before we teach this lesson. Well, what would you say to that person, that dad, that's, that's I guess, justifying the yelling, the intensity um, to get immediate results versus a little bit slower, even if the process was only 10 minutes slower? Mm. Well, again, what does he want to teach? Does he want immediate results of teaching his child to yell? You know, yeah, right. What's your goal? Teaching, right? Yeah. And I think if he actually wants influence with his child, that is, you know, if, if he just wants to yell or, or slap, that's going to work as long as his child is intimidated. But by the time they get to middle school, that's all over. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even when they're six, you can no longer drag them to time out. So if you start early staying connected to them, helping them with the emotions that are driving the bad behavior, because, you know, if you stop and you listen to them and you say, you are so upset about that, sweetie, no matter what, you can't hit. I'm not going to let you hit your sister. I hear you're really upset. You worked hard on that tower and she knocked it over. I hear you, sweetie. And you can't hit no matter what. So you're setting limits, right? Right. Yeah. But you're also understanding. And, you know, my son, uh, in the same interview I did with my children two years ago, uh, when he was 18, uh, I said to him, well, then how did you learn, for instance, not to hit when you weren't punished? And he said, well, I certainly felt like hitting other kids, but you always understood and helped me understand what I was feeling. So I never felt like I needed to. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's other options. Yeah. You're, you're still going to be understood no matter what. I mean, the, the funny or ironic thing. So you hit your child, you spank your child or you yell at your child. We assume there's understanding now. No, there's just compliance <laughs> or there's fear or there's something else going on. But what you're saying is if I stay connected and I talk, uh, there is understanding and connection, yeah. which, you know, I guess it's just one brick, but you do it for five or 10 years. You've got a lot of bricks of understanding. And you also have a more moral child. The research on this is so interesting because you know, again, from the mouth of babes, what my daughter said when she was 16 was, if all kids will eventually learn not to hit. Right. But if they, if they aren't hitting because of you punishing them, they're learning not to hit because they don't want to be punished. If you're, if you're working with them the way I just described, they're learning not to hit because they care that it's hurting the other person. Mm. Big difference. Yeah, big and difference. And what kind of people do we want to be raising in our home? Right. What kind of people do we want in the world? We, and we want them attentive to the heart, not just afraid of the stick. 
Yes, an, an inner compass. We want our children to have an inner compass, a moral compass of their own. Yeah. Wow. You'd think and, that you know, this would be normal, discipline. right? Yeah, you'd think it would be normal. And, you know, parents often will say to me, but how will my kid be disciplined? You know, if I don't, if I don't really come down hard, how will he learn self-discipline? But the answer is self-discipline comes from the self. Yeah. There's a place in our frontal cortex that we actually sort of shift gears. And, you know, we want something like, you know, I want to hit my sister, but there's something I want more. I want a good relationship with mom and dad. So I switch gears and I give up what I want for something I want more, yeah. which is my parents' trust and belief in me. Right. And you know what? When I'm in high school, there's something I want more than going out and drinking with my friends. Right? I want my parents' trust. I want to get an A on my test tomorrow. I want to do well in my soccer game. Right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, there are things I want more. And when I'm an adult, you know, there's things I want more than that piece of cake. You know, that my coworker might be really you know, flirtatious and handsome, but there's something I want more in my marriage. So you learn self-discipline, and that's how you get, that's how you reach your goals in life. And children learn that, actually, by choosing to follow our directives because they, because of their connection to us, not because they're afraid. Right. Oh, love that. We are talking with Dr. Laura Markham, the uh, author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, though, and talk to Dr. Markham about discipline. Because now it just, oh, well, okay, we're not going to yell. We're just going to let him go loosey-goosey and eventually just die in the street. No! We're going to let him grow character and understand through our modeling how that, uh, the power of having some self-control. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about parenting and how you go about parenting your child uh, in a way that increases the likelihood you'll have some influence, let's say, when the teen years roll around. How do you maintain the peace, you know, yet still parent? We're talking with Dr. Laura Markham right now, the author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, uh, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting. Markham was trained as a clinical psychologist, uh, at, uh, got her Ph.D. from Columbia University, and is a big uh, blogger online, has a, a website, ahaparenting.com, and has been on a bunch of major national shows as well as um, has, a, has, I think, 20,000, 30,000 followers on, uh, on a weekly or a daily uh, letter that she sends out to, to educate parents. So, Dr. Lara, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. Talk about, uh, for a second, you you send out a, a letter every day, like a, a mailing? Is that what you do, an email? Yes. It's actually three times a week. Okay. And there are 40-something follow, you know, people getting it right now. Wow, 40,000. Uh, yeah. And I get lots of feedback from people that it changes their lives. People I mean, love the support it gives them on an ongoing basis to stay positive as parents because, as you know, it's hard, oh. hard work. And it's just, I think a lot, I mean, our, I think our heart is, is in the right place. We just need tools. We need skills. We need other ideas, you know, something yeah. else than just our typical default. That's right. 
Um, talk with me about disciplining children. Uh, one thing is the fruits, it sounds like, of of creating a relationship where you're more connected to your child. You're not just talking. It's not just about we all just feel good. and I mean, it is. But it's not just about letting them go experience life at their own. Definitely not. No. What Definitely is it? Not. Well, kids need guidance, right? Yeah. They come into the world asking for our guidance, and it's our responsibility as parents to guide them. Absolutely. So if you're a parent, you're setting limits every single day, all day long. That's just what you do. But think about the way the child experiences the limits. If the limit is harsh and all they hear is no, they may obey when they're little, but soon they're going to be rebelling against that. Right. And, and... Our voice becomes their inner voice. So they'll also become harsh with themselves. So, you know, somebody who treats themselves badly, beats themselves up, somebody who can't stick to a diet because they're always imposing a harsh diet and then rebelling against it, you know, those kinds of things come from harsh parenting in the early years. But it's no better to have permissive parenting. Right. Before the break, we were talking about self-discipline. So kids learn self-discipline by having the experience over and over and over again of, of choosing to give up something they want for something they want more. Okay, I want to hit my sister, but I want dad and mom's love and respect and belief in me more than I want to hit my sister, so I'm going to choose not to do it, right? I've, if you have permissive parents who let you get away with murder, that child's not developing self-discipline. Right. They're, right? They're, no. they're never asked to do so. But of course... If the parents are harsh with the child, authoritarian parents who are very strict, the child's not really developing self-discipline. They're acting out of fear. They're not choosing. Right. Right? They're being dragged, kicking, and screaming. So the sweet spot there is to ask to have high expectations. You know, yeah, we want your child to learn to manage themselves responsibly. We want them, we all want kids who behave well, who get good grades, who are respectful and kind and thoughtful people. We all want that. And we should expect those things of our child. Sure. And, and we can set those limits and expectations in a way that's supportive and kind and understanding and empathizing with, I know you don't want to go to bed. I bet when you grow up, you'll never go to bed. You'll play all night every night, won't you, sweetie? <laughs> And it's bedtime. So we're still holding the limit, but there's no reason we have to be mean about it. Right. Because that's the way the child actually will own our limit. We'll come to think, this is just what we do. We brush our teeth. We're nice to our sister. We do our homework. Life's that way. I mean, it's like we end up forcing this uh, option or this choice upon our children um, and in reality, that child's still going to have to brush their own teeth in 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. teaching them that one idea of, you know, no matter what, it's an exchange of what you want now versus what you want most or later. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you can get them to buy into the exchange as early as you can, it seems like they've officially learned a very powerful lesson in life. Yes. And they're more likely to buy into the exchange if we are understanding. Yeah. If instead we're coming down like a ton of bricks, naturally they're going to get their hackles up. I mean, how do you feel when you get pushed around? Right? Oh, my, my yeah. board op right here, he pushes me around all day. <laughs> Drives me crazy. 
But that's it. You put up a fight, don't you? So if you actually you had a great question there, what do you want most? If if I want to teach my ch- child to be manipulative, then go be a manipulative parent with your child. If you want to teach him to be aggressive, be aggressive. If, but if you want to teach him how to recognize that life is about choices and what choice – and by the way, not not even creating fake cho- – so do you want to die now or do you want to die later? <laughs> you can make a fake choice, but then you know you know your child knows when they're being manipulated. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful. What, what do you do? So give us some uh, – give me a little bit of um, – let's say the child's throwing a tantrum in mm-hmm. the mall. Okay. You still have two more shops to go to. Really, that was your plan. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we went and did some things mm-hmm. for your kids. We bought them a pretzel. And now we're trying to get to do our thing. What do we do? Child having a breakdown. Right. Well, first of all, I would remove the child from the situation. The other shoppers have a right to shop in peace. I would take the child off into a corner somewhere while they're having their meltdown. And I would not shame the child, criticize the child, yell at the child. I would would stay calm, keep breathing, think, you know what? This happens to all parents. He's acting like a child, three-year-old because he is a three-year-old. Right. He's tired. He's, had, he's overstimulated from the mall. And I would say to my child, you're safe. It's okay. I'm here with a hug when you're ready. Because I assume the child is on the floor kicking and screaming. Right, yeah. Child, you know, that he's not letting you hold him. And you know what? If you do that, your child is going to be in your arms sobbing before long. And when he's done, you say, wow, those are some big feelings. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath. Okay. Now, you know, I still have two more stores to go to. What are we going to do to make this work? Because I know you, this was a lot for you. So what are we going to do to make this work? That's great. So, do you, you know, and you hold your child's hand. Maybe you carry him part of the way. So, because you realize it's just too much for him. Right. right. And if he really can't handle it, if it's his nap time and you really shouldn't be out, maybe, in fact, you adjust your plans. You know, I've walked out of the supermarket and left the cart there. And, you know, once you do that once, kids get, well, you're really serious about it. You will take them home. You're not going to stay there if they're going to have a tantrum. But, you know, the reason they're having a tantrum is that they're overwhelmed. Their frontal cortex just isn't as developed as ours if they're under the age of six. And they're slowly gaining the ability to control themselves. You're not going to help by piling kindling on the flames. Right. You're going to help by staying calm. And, and you, I, I, I think it's a discipline as a parent to be willing yes. to leave. Yes, absolutely. And without, without a major beat down and shaming all the way home. In fact, what I would say, let's say you've taken your child to buy a present to the toy store for a present, not for the child, right. but for the cousin whose birthday is coming up. Now, that's a tall order for your child, right, to get out of the toy store without a toy. And some kids really can't handle that. You thought your kid could, but turns out they're having a meltdown. At that point, you leave the store with the child and you say, it was just too hard for you. We'll do it another day. No, no, I'll be good. Sweetheart, it's just too hard for you today. It's okay. We're going to go home. You only have to do that once. No, they've got, yeah, they've got great memories. Yeah. When they want them. That is, uh, that's some good feedback. We're talking with Dr. Lara Markham from ahaparenting.com, a great blog site, uh, website. You ought to go check out. Wonderful resources there. We're going to come right back. And when we come back, keep getting some more practical tips on how parents can stop yelling. What should we be doing instead? This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you and your families a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the program. Today, we have got a wonderful show for you. I uh, am loving the topic. It's something I need desperately in trying to raise my cute little pup, Sky Boy, across the, across the board from me here. Uh, I need parenting skills. Now, I don't, I'm not a yeller with Sky Boy. He calls me old yeller, but I'm not. But what I try to do with Sky is just remain patient. And our great guest today, Dr. Lara Markham, has taught me that I should take a deep breath, uh, you know, stop drop the subject for a minute. What I found is the problem is I end up doing it all day with Sky, and we actually never talk. So, um, you know, we're here to help you with your parenting tips. Today, Peaceful Parenting is the subject. Our guest, Dr. Lara Markham, is uh, the author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting. Markham is a trained, uh, was trained as a clinical psychologist, earning her Ph.D. from Columbia University. She has a wonderful, very helpful website called ahaparenting.com. And you can go there, wonderful resources for kids of all ages, for how to parent everything from the newborn to the teenager. And uh, Dr. Lara Markham, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Really interesting uh, stuff as we talk about it. We've kind of gotten into the fact that yelling or the discipline, whatever we're doing with our children, we're we're teaching them what to expect from us next time. So it seems like when I'm parenting, how I parent you today determines how I'll probably need to parent you tomorrow. Is that true? That's true. And it also determines how your child will begin to act. Yeah. So if you yell, you're going to raise a child who yells at you and at his siblings and at his friends and teachers and coworkers. Yeah. And then, you know, how do you bring that back in? How do you rein that? Once you've uh, released the Kraken, <laughs> the yeller, <laughs> you're not bringing that back. That It's funny because a lot of parents out there that are the yellers have heard their kids yell at their, at their kids. And they're like, oh, don't yell. But you've only got yourself to blame, I guess. Well, you hit on it a few minutes ago when you were saying that um, you over and over all day long, you take your breaths with Sky, yeah. but you never talk. You know, it's true. You have to have a connection, or you will have to just calm yourself all day long. Right. So if you want your child to cooperate with you, to behave, to try, to want to behave, then you need to feel connected to your child, and more importantly, your child needs to feel connected to you. I mean, we never stop loving our kids. We can be screaming at the top of our lungs, but we would die for them in that moment. Right. But our children don't know that. So they need to feel connected to us. So I know it's really hard these days for parents, but one of the most important things they can do is every day focus on having a little time alone with each one of their kids. And with big families, that can be hard to oh, do. Yeah. But that's what helps kids feel connected when you sort of take that few minutes and pour your love into your child and you're really 110% there. It's not, it seems like we always talk about kind of the negative situations, the yelling or the discipline moments, but really it seems like the best time to connect are the other 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah. the 95% of the time set up the 5% that we need to discipline or yell or. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's preventive maintenance. Right. If you don't give your car an oil change, you're going to end up in the breakdown lane. So with kids, every single day, they need some time alone with us. You know what else they need every day? They need laughter. Oh, yeah. A lot of us never learn to laugh. I mean, you're a good laugher, but a lot of people are not. And kids need laughter. It changes their body chemistry. It reduces the stress hormones. It increases oxytocin, the bonding hormone. So when you chase your kid around the house trying to, you know, pretending you're the scary monster or, you know, have a pillow fight with your 10-year-old, your child is laughing and you're bonding at the same time. That's what, this morning, um, I have uh, four boys at home now and two kids away. But all of the children get up at different times. So I get to go spend that bonding time with each one of them, trying to get them up and to get them to wake up. And But the laughter is huge. Or, you know, and then all of a sudden I walk in today and one of my kids was missing. But he what? apparently, yeah, he slept under his bed. <laughs> he didn't get the memo that that's where the monsters are. <laughs> but I, I filled him in and he's like, Dad, don't be dumb. Um, it's parenting is complex, but really there's so much joy to it. And I think you're hitting it on the head when you, when you keep saying it's about connection. It's about connection. I call that the space between it's about what, if we have that space that's safe where they can trust us, where they know I've I've got their best interest, not just because I say it, but because they feel it, they know I'm there. Um, that pays huge dividends later. I think it's everything. I think it's the when children feel understood by us, then they will come to us when they need our help. And when they don't, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> That's right. And they're going to find it somewhere from a gang, yeah. from another person. Yeah. They're going to yeah. find it somewhere. Um, well, give us some more tips. What are some other things we we could be doing as parents to to maybe prevent some of the yelling, to be a little more proactive and more peaceful? Um, above and beyond even connecting. I mean, it seems like some of our mistakes we make are the same mistakes every day. It's like we're not learning. That is true. I think one really wonderful practice for parents is to see it from their child's perspective. And that can be hard. You know, Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand. And if you, you know, the first thing out of your mouth is, you know, how many times have I told you or why did you do that? You know, that's going to have one effect on your child. Whereas if instead you say, huh, you must have been really upset to do that. Yeah. What's going on? That's a whole different response, right? And you create a different relationship with your child. And if you see things from your child's point of view, you can even help him reflect on what he did. You can say, hmm, so what were you trying to get there when you said that or did that? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, what were you after Not there? so well, huh? Mm, what else could you do next time? Yeah. It's almost anything to explore the, like, what was your intent? What were your goals? Because to me, you're bringing it back to the cho- their choice. They made a choice. Yes. So let's yes. let's just look at your thinking. Tell me what you were thinking that would lead you to that choice, that hitting your sister was the best choice. Exactly. What was your goal? And... How'd that work for you? Hmm, not so well, apparently, right? Yeah. So, And then what could you do next time? What are all the things you could do? Let's brainstorm. Yeah, because then all of a sudden it's about choice again. Here's You had 20 right. choices. There's a bunch of things we could have done. What, what do you do with a teenager um, that's, that's kind of learned the power of silence? How do you, like, 
I guess I guess you still have to have connected, right? And we still have to build the trust and the relationships. But some won't give you the data when you ask the questions. Yes, because either we've made mistakes, which we all have made earlier in their lives, or because they've learned that it's a powerful position to yeah. be in to have mom or dad begging them for information. So I suggest that you find some way to connect. So if your son plays basketball, play basketball with him. Yeah. You know, if your daughter's watching TV, sit down on the couch and give her a foot rub. And, you know, kids in the beginning will be um, sometimes a little suspicious if you're suddenly wanting what to connect with them. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. But after a while, they start to accept it and they start to feel your warmth. Yeah. And finally... You know, yeah, your daughter will take you up on an invitation to go to brunch just for a daddy-daughter brunch, just for the two of you. Sometimes when you get kids in a car, teenagers in a car, and you're not looking right at them, they open up and talk more. Oh, yeah. I've also noticed when you take them out of the house to a diner and you have breakfast with them or whatever, they're more likely to open up. Hmm. See, I kind of blew that because with my children... I took them all about age of eight or nine and taught them about the birds and the bees mm-hmm. at a diner. And now none of them will ever get in the car with me alone. They're like, no way, Dad. I know what you're doing. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> so I kind of ruined. So now I guess I'll have to have my wife do it. I did learn with my sons, though, like playing basketball. You gave a great example. Just shooting, doing any activity makes it so the communication isn't the goal. The sh- you know, shooting yeah. the free throws, the goal, f- yeah. you know, and I'll throw him the ball back. We keep shooting free throws. Then he doesn't even know we're talking. I sneak it in on my kids. Exactly. Exactly. And if they won't talk, you know, just whatever they're interested in. So my daughter always wanted to play me songs, her, you know, yeah. her music. And I-, I didn't want to hear her songs. Did I really care? No. But you know what? I listened. I tried to appreciate them. I asked her what she liked about them. And she felt I was appreciating her. Oh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? That, see, so we have to find the way they want to be appreciated and cared for. Yes. yes. And, and, again, and they've all got different ways. I guess you just can't assume, hey, let's go watch a movie, um, is always going to work. There's, everyone's going to have a different way. Well, people feel loved in different ways, right? Some, some kids really respond when you stick little notes in their lunchbox. Others are embarrassed because yeah. maybe some other kid gets their hand on the note, right? right? And you have to put the notes under the pillow, right? Some kids love it when you text them. Some kids hate it. But if you pay attention and if you're trying to connect, your child will notice it. But the most important thing, I think, is that when they do come to you upset about something, they might sometimes start by attacking you because... You know, they're immature, they're upset, and it's all your fault, suddenly, even though, of course, it's not your fault at all. Um, Why didn't you warn them, right? Right. And if you can stop, take a deep breath and say, oh, sweetie, oh, I'm so sorry. Instead of getting defensive, just, oh, how, how I'm so sorry you didn't have what you needed for, for your, you know, soccer tryout. I didn't realize you needed that. Of course, it's all your fault, except you never heard about it, right? right? But who cares? Just listen. And what happens is, at the end of that, your child will look at you, your 14-year-old, and say, I'm sorry, Dad, or I'm sorry, Mom. You know, it wasn't your fault. I was just so upset about it. I felt terrible. And you give them a hug, and you say, I know, sweetie. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Next time, uh, we'll do a better job planning. We'll work together, you know. That, and that's when you could that, correct them, right? I mean, you can, you yeah. can say, and don't, bring, don't yeah. blame me, but you don't do that at first. First, understand. That's yeah. the door. That, that's exactly. what opens the door. 
Exactly. And then they totally get it. Then they're like, yeah, I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't, I shouldn't have been blaming you. You're right. Yeah. You know, but they also then, they trust you. They trust you're not going to fly off the handle. They trust that when they're upset, you can handle their big emotions. You can contain them. And in fact, it's not really an emergency. You'll make things better with them, even just by listening. Yeah, that calmness could be huge, it seems like. if, But I, I guess a lot of us think we need to fix it. And daughter's sad. Oh, she's sad. Must fix now. But really, you're just saying let it float. Let it go. And just be a, be a board where they can throw it at you and you can listen to it, hear it, don't react to it. And eventually it'll sort itself out. That's exactly right. And, you know, think about it. If your spouse comes home and they're very upset about something – they, they don't need you necessarily to solve it. They want to vent. They want to blow yeah. off steam. They want to talk about that incident at work. And then they've sorted it out. And that's the same thing with your teenager, because if you jump in and say to your teenager, do you know what you should do? Do this. Then your teenager feels like they're incompetent. Right. They feel like you have, that's a vote of no confidence. Don't fix it. Just listen. And you, Say, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And you know... If you pay attention as a parent, you'll see how you're impacting them. Like if every sentence you give creates more negative energy in them, shut your flapper. Yes. Right? right. Because Bite your tongue. Because you're not helping. And if you're not yeah. helping, you are hurting. Even even if you've got a brilliant answer as a parent, if they're not willing to hear it, it's not brilliant yet. It's right, not in exactly. there. It's, it's so not a you, teachable moment if right. they can't learn at that moment. That's yeah. what's funny because we, we, we have the answer and we know we're right because it's right. Mm-hmm. I learned this. Mm-hmm. I learned it mm-hmm. from the Andy Griffith show. And we, <laughs> then we want to we want to sneak it in there. But if they're not receptive to it, it's it's not of value to them yet. That's right. So you're really saying use the connection, the calmness and the understanding to lower the doors then they'll let you in. Then then you can say whatever you want. And then when you go in and say it, then if they get mad, then shut up and back out and go right. lower the doors right. again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I'm saying that everyone, when they're in the grip of strong emotion, they just need to feel that emotion. And the, the magical thing is, if your child is crying or upset, just let them be crying or upset, offer them sympathy, and when they're through it, then they can think again. But they can't think when they're upset. Right. And often, when they're angry, what's behind the anger are tears or fears. You know, they're angry because you won't let them go to the party, and they're really afraid they're going to be an outcast in their social group, and that's what you're hearing. But if you can just not react to the anger and just say, whoa, 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 I hear how upset you are, sweetie. I hear you wish you could go. You don't have to change your mind. You don't think the party's right. safe. Don't no. let her go. But you can just take a deep breath and listen, and she'll get past her anger to the place where she's saying, but then nobody will like me. And then you can help her with those feelings. Well, then, yeah, then you kind of know what the deeper issue is. Yes. You, exactly. you can understand somebody and not agree. Let's get that clear, right? That's, that's right. Yes. See, that's the deal. You that's the trick. You don't have to agree. Yeah. You don't, you have, don't have, to have to agree. Give in. Right. You don't have to agree and you don't have to give in. You can stick to your guns. Yeah. And, and by the way, let's use the, you've used a word about 20 times that I'm not sure if everyone's picked up on the word and. So, you know what, honey, I can totally see how hard that was for you and how bad you want to go to the event. And you can't go. Mom doesn't feel good about mm-hmm. it. So you can still mm-hmm. use it. You just throw in the word and and it's two ideas that can go together. Yes. Even though they contradict. Yes. Hmm. Love it. 
Good work. AhaParenting.com is your website, right, Dr. Lara? That's right. That's right. And go check out her book, uh, Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting. Dr. Lara, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Good work. We did it again. We solved another problem. This Mm -hmm. is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to be right back and uh, continue our dialogue, our discussion about parenting. In fact, we're even going to get into some classic oops moments for parents. Coming up next right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, kiddos, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about peaceful parenting. You know, it's hard to be a parent because so much can go wrong. And then some of the things that could go wrong, you don't even notice could go wrong until they go wrong. Right, Hannah Montana? So, so true. I mean, there's so many moments. I mean, obviously I'm not a parent, um, but there's so many moments growing up where I was, my parents would do stuff that would drive me nuts. Um... Like leave their blinker on, yeah, um, or just be super, super forgetful, or just things that are like that that you find yourself doing, yeah. or that every parent kind of does. Um, well, I've pulled a tooth with pliers. That's just and uh, to me, I feel so squeamish. Well, I didn't just. I mean, I put something over the tooth so we didn't scratch it because the tooth fairy doesn't take scratch teeth. But I was having a hard time getting it and grabbing it. So I just stuck the um, – I noticed this is really bothering you, but I got to get the story out of me. It's, I'm trying to – this is cathartic. My, so I just put the pliers over some toilet paper or tissue paper or whatever, and I grabbed a hold of the tooth. And it came out so easily. Not a big deal. But my kids won't stop talking about that. Like traumatic. Well, it's not like I – you talking about it is traumatic. Yeah, that's traumatic for you. But see, that to me sounded brilliant. Thought it was brilliant. Now oh, my gross. kids are traumatized. So gross. But to the, to so this gross. day, they can't use pliers. Well, I think the probably the biggest thing for me is forgetting everything. Um, my mom is just super forgetful. Forget where she puts her phone or where where she puts anything, and I am the exact same way. Really, it's kind of terrifying to realize that. That I was like, oh no, forgetting. You have a picture there that I cannot stop looking at. Um, yes. It's a mother pushing her beautiful child <laughs> in a baby carrier, like a but she's stroller. on a Segway. But the mom's on a Segway. And she's crossing a busy street. Mom on a Segway, pushing a baby stroller on a busy street. What could go wrong there? Well, over here, we've got a guy sitting on the back of a motorcycle holding <laughs> on to the stroller. So Rolling the him backwards. <laughs> what could go wrong there? Yeah, well, there's so many instances where I just think it's hilarious that they caught it on camera. Yeah. Um, I've seen entire families in Argentina riding one bike. Dad pedals, someone on the handlebars, someone on the bar... Someone hanging on the back. Save gas that way. Well, yeah, they didn't have a car. But, you know. Yeah. I've also compiled a list of things. I've talked to some parents that parents all universally do, even if they say they won't. Okay. Let's hear these. Um, Turn the TV on to distract your kids. Yeah. Hey, you guys, watch this for a minute. Free babysitter. Yeah. Mm. Is that bad? (laughs) Yes. No, what if if they're watching something really redeeming like The Simpsons? (laughs) You... That's the problem. Redeeming and Simpsons, I feel like, don't go in the yeah. same sentence very well. But oh, wow. um, 
This isn't just a, mo- a parent thing because、um, I do it, but talking on the phone while paying for a purchase. Oh, yeah. That's bad. Which、wow. I've, I've been a cashier before and it, it can、it's、be、annoying. kind of frustrating, but it's not that big of a deal. I don't think that's a big deal. Nah, come on.、Um, ignored a temper tantrum in public. Oh, I've walked away. You, if you walk away, they're up in about a minute.、They're, I'm like, okay, bye. The worst is airplanes. When you're on a plane、uh-huh. and these parents are like, you feel bad for them, but at the same time, you want to throw、yeah. their kids off the plane. Yeah. Try it. We flew to,、um, to England from Boston Airport, landed at Heathrow overnight. Child, four children on board with me. We were landing dusk. And my son yells at the top of his lungs, When are we going to get off of this thing? And everybody cheers. See? It was a magical moment because everyone wanted us off of their plane. It was the longest night of my life. By the way, Christmas Day. Oh. Yeah, don't travel on Christmas Day with the kids. That's cool. What else?、Um, allow your kids to have dessert before dinner. Is that bad? I have dessert before dinner. I don't, the only bad thing is if the kids. That's kind of their incentive to actually finish yeah, their food. That's the leverage. That it's like, okay, eat your broccoli, eat all of your broccoli, or no cookie for you. I love it when kids are like, oh, I'm full. And then dessert comes out and they're like, oh, I want some. Should you, <laughs> should, you let your, should you let your board operator have their dessert before the show's over? Yeah. Because Sky wants to go get a candy bar. That was a very good answer, Hannah. Go sit outside and eat it while I'm doing the show. That would be interesting. But like, I, you don't think I want a candy bar? But I'm going to stick to the task. I don't think、task. you need a candy bar. What if we just brought candy <laughs> bars to work, all of us? We can't, we can't eat in this wonderful facility. What if we didn't eat in this room? Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> okay, that's Hannah Montana. Trying to break the rules. For the administration to talk to. Oh, whoa. I, I clearly whoa, said, hey, what don't if we back don't eat in、that. here? Give us one more. One more thing that parents do、um, that, an oops moment. Okay, picking off of your kids' plates. Oh, I thought you were going to say like scabs <laughs>、oh, or picking, off, like, picking their face or popping pimples. But yeah, pick, yeah don't I, eat off their plate. Like, I really think I'm going to leave and throw up. <laughs> My wife eats off our kids' plates. She doesn't make herself a plate because some of our kids won't eat their foods. That's my, actually smart. So my wife just、yeah. cleans it up. It just kind of grosses me. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's just always kind of grossed me out when parents share their plates with their kids. And I'm totally going to do it. Oh, you wait. It just、You'll、looks so、everything. gross because like, kids have like snot、oh, and like weird stuff. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? You'll be fine. You'll、disgusting. get used to all of that. You know Parents、what? get snot too. Not baby snot. No, we get grown up snot. You know when the, like, the babies have snotty nose and their parents never wipe it and they just have this perma snotty nose? But see, you're going to learn all of these little. There's a reason you don't always wipe it because you just would rub your kid raw. So, you just, well, then point, just some, like, shove something up there. Yeah, then, let it harden. Then they got to breathe. A, so, there's this. I'm going to barf. But remember your words, Hannah. Remember the words because there's all these things you said, I will never do that. I will never be like my mom and dad. I will never lick my thumb and wipe my child's face with it. That, I, I hate that. Really? I well, hated that. Especially, well, you know, I especially, guarantee my mom, you, my mom wouldn't do it because、out. she knew I didn't like it. But、yeah. when someone else would do it, another、But、adult. You know what? Your mom would do it. She、oh. would turn her head, she'd lick her finger, then she'd rub your head. That is, that is the worst thing in the world. Well, yeah, you See,、can't. that just doesn't bother me.、That's、See, isn't that interesting? We all、oh. are bothered by something different. I have We, seven sisters. I mean, if you're applying someone's makeup, you gotta. Yeah, that's why you want the nose clean. 
It's gonna, gross. It's going to be... It's, it's not. You guys, I want you to call me when you Boogers. have your children. Because everything changes. All the rules change. The first one, they don't change because everything seems perfect and easy. Not easy, but hard. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, all your rules go out the window. Think you'll still be around then? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I probably won't be at this rate. Or you won't be. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with Dr. Paul Jenkins, who's going to edify us right here, talking parenting on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're doing the entire show on parenting, parenting skills, parenting tips. We're doing what we can to uh, better parent Skyboy, our cute little uh, invention. Uh, he doesn't even have a microphone. It's one of the greatest moments in radio. We've taken the microphones away from Sky, and now I can say anything I want, and he can't respond. Anyway, let's not even go there. Dr. Paul Jenkins is joining us, but this is by far the best time I've ever had you on the show, ever, because yes. you're not alone. That's right. You are with the Vicky, the queen, the master parent <laughs> the who raised one you ever. from a pup. <laughs> There's more truth to that Vicky than you Jenkins. know. Vicki Jenkins, <laughs> is that true? So you're the real mind behind Dr. Paul Jenkins. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm where the rubber meets the road. He yeah. has the great ideas, but yeah. I'm at home doing a, a lot of it. He's a philosopher, and you're a doer. <laughs> you know I'm a philosopher. You are. How many kids yeah. do you guys have? We have four. Four kidless. Now, just so everybody knows, Vicky's not new to this radio thing. They used to do a show called Parental Power, which was um, a podcast, which right. can be found still on your website. Actually, it's not currently active, okay. but if you go to a place called the WIN Online, WIN stands for Women's Information Network, yeah. uh, one of the shows that's available there in an archive format is our show. Great. The Parental Power one. And um, so here you are, co-parenting, working together, loving each other, husband, wife, making it work. Give us your insight. Parenting. Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to ask you a question. You give me one word answers. Okay, are you ready? Oh, one word answers. I'm just right now. It's like free association. Yeah, free okay, association. Right. Are you ready? Here we go. Um, children. Paul. Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, give me a word. Fun. Wow. Vicky. Oh, what's your word? Oh, beautiful. <laughs> okay, no. Oh, no, it's, it's not my turn. turn. Okay, children. Um, joy. Really? Mm-hmm. See, neither of those crossed my mind. <laughs> You're still thinking about that flight, aren't you? It must be my children. Um, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, how about this discipline? Mm. As a you know, disciplining as a parent, Vicky first. My first thought was difficult. Yeah, Polly structure. Wow. Um, temper tantrums at the store. Walk away. That's not one word. That's my, no, that's my favorite. <laughs> Walk away. Dr. P. 
run away. Learning. Yeah, you're weird. I'm the philosopher, um, remember? You are a philosopher. Okay, okay. let's do one more. There's a reason I said okay, that. Okay, let's do one more. Diapers. Ick. No. That's a good word. <laughs> Stinky. See? We all agree. <laughs> so what... Um, when you think of, you know, having a meltdown, a lot of times you have the parents have the meltdown. So if mm-hmm. the kids are having the meltdown, you know, sometimes you can time the parental meltdown within a minute or so. You can get the timing right. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do as parents when they're having the meltdown? It seems like it's, you know, they're doing it because they're a kid, but then we freak out. But somebody here is supposed to be the adult. The first thing that came to my mind, Matt, is an earlier conversation that you and I had about anxiety. Yeah. We have this natural fight or flight response that's built into us psychologically. It, it, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with us. Right. Welcome yeah. to Earth. It's part of being a human being. And this fight or flight response gets triggered by threat. So when our child is acting out, we might feel threatened as a parent, and then we get into our own fight or flight response. Right. Well, when we're in our fight or flight response, what are we likely to do to our kids? Well, yeah, game on. We're triggering them, or, them even more. Yeah. So it's this cycle where we just trigger each other. And as Vicky and I were putting together our parental power series, it really came down to a choice. Think versus fight. Because you've got a choice when you're noticing the blow up and, you know, the fur is flying Mm -hmm. and cats are getting hurt. Whatever's going on. When you notice that, you say that's a choice point. That is absolutely a choice point. It is for the parent and that will affect how the child will respond. Think or fight. Think or fight. I guess you could flight. Yeah. Three choices. And I, I kind of lump fight and flight into the same yeah. response. Yeah, so it's, it's basically think or react. Yeah. yeah. And reacting is only going to create reactions. And normally we'll make things worse. Yeah. So think, but what – I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking. Right then in that moment, I am thinking. Well, your brain is active, but that doesn't mean you're thinking. <laughs> See, I'm probably thinking in the wrong brain. You, I'm like, oh, I could, I could get you. That, that's the thing is I, I think – there's a difference between whether we are trying to stop and think or fight yeah. as recognizing that every interaction we have with a child, we are inviting them to think or fight. Yeah. And so if you're thinking with that attitude, you're actually inviting them to fight with you. Right. So so fighting begets fighting. Thinking would beget thinking. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in the space, in control, have my wits about me. That is an invitation for them to get in some control. Mm-hmm. Don't you love – have you ever done this with your clients where you, you sit and watch them and they break down into a fight right in front of you? Do you ever just <laughs> oh, sit there yeah. and watch it? Like I don't even intervene. It's the easiest money I'll ever make. But you just sit there and watch them go at it and then, until, they, like until it dawns on them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when it dawns on them that they're fighting. And, and you're then, really paying a therapist to have a fight in yeah. their room. And then they look at you like, see, this is what we do. And I'm like, that was great. That was amazing. Why didn't you do something? I don't know. That was just fun to watch. But th- <laughs> that, if I don't, I don't, I want to see how long their triggers. Mm-hmm. How long is this going to go until they actually, it dawns on them that they're in my office doing this right in front of me. You know what? I actually got up and walked out once because it exceeded my tolerance level. I mean, it was interesting for a while. Like I thought you, you were walked out, made your lunch, put your lunch I, in the I microwave. A, I was going to go out to you know the fridge or yeah. drinking fountain or something. And What did they do when you got up? Well, she stopped. Oh, well, how? And she said, 
How rude. You're going to walk out on us? I said, well, do you need me? (laughs) I don't do this fighting stuff. (laughs) I'm not good at this part. This is what you go to a divorce attorney for. And this is cheaper at home, by the way. Isn't that interesting? So you're saying in that moment, and Vicki, how do you do that? You're a mom that... I always call it, it's not a good phrase, but it's killing time. Okay, so at about 6 o'clock at night at our house, someone's about to die. Mm-hmm. They don't know it, <laughs> but mom's tired, stuff's gone on all day. Well, and it's weird. There's like this bewitching hour. Yeah. You can have a perfect, I can have a perfect day. I've been I've been the best mom yeah. in the world. We've had wonderful, and it's like 5.30 hits. What is that? And I don't know, but it's like every little thing starts to get yeah. under your skin. Yeah. I've always said, I think everybody could be a perfect parent if they could come at every situation fully rested. You oh, know? Troll, that'd be great. You can think it through. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not, it, it's not rocket science. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the tipping point yeah. when exhaustion's setting in. Yeah. One of the things I've I've found over the years of parenting is um, the the darn clock. If we could just pull back the need, we feel the urgency always to deal with the child's temper tantrum yeah. at that moment or yeah. whatever, or or whatever situation comes up. We have this, we get this feeling of urgency. Yeah. I must deal with it's it. It's like now. that anxiety we were talking. Yeah, about. and if we, you can back off from that just long enough to realize that. It's not as urgent as you might think it is. Don't you think that's what they're doing, though? They're they're crying Mm -hmm. in an effort to create anxiety in you to get movement. But you're saying, notice that. You don't Mm -hmm. have to jump because they're jumpy. Right. Yeah. In fact, some of the tools that we share with parents put them in that position to, to buy some time. Yeah. So we'll add a new a new definition to killing time, shall we? Okay, yeah. <laughs> killing time is such a negative phrase, but it's we'll very real. We'll buy some time instead. Yeah. We'll yeah. kill a little time that way. Um, for example, when when our children are pressing us and creating that urgency yeah. and that anxiety, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And and pushing for an answer now. One of the tools that's very helpful this way is. Do you want my right now answer or my I've thought oh, about it answer? Cool. So your right now answer is obviously no. Obviously. Mm-hmm. See, mine's always no. Mm. I'm an automatic no. See, so that's I, me trying to say. When you're pressed. Yeah, don't. Oh, yeah. But my kids will always press. But now they always get no. And then they just go to their mom. Right. Well, let me ask mom. Mom's not here. <laughs> exactly. Mom's, gone. mom's not coming back. And this goes back to our think versus fight. Yeah. If I respond to my to my son or my daughter, do you want my right now answer or my I've thought about I it answer? That. Then I'm inviting them to think. Yeah. What is there to fight with right yeah. then? Get your head in the game here. Well, I want you to answer me right now. Okay. Then no. no. <laughs> I don't want well, that I, answer. I you wanted that. my right now answer. But you've trained them up in that. So they know your right now answer is going to be no because I've got to think about it. You can train a German shepherd. Yeah, you can. It's it doesn't take a lot to to help kids get the drift. Yeah. What what if they're actually what if their problem isn't uh they're creating the intensity simply because they always delay, they always procrastinate, they always are late. Mm-hmm. So then their emergency becomes your breakdown. And, and mm. that's one of the hardest things for me as a mom. I, I'm too quick sometimes to take their emergency and let it become mine. 
Yeah. Paul will see that happening with our Don't with Hallmark. Pick up it's their, a really tough yeah. thing to do. Because you want them to succeed, mm-hmm. but then yeah. all of a sudden at midnight you're finishing a science project and <laughs> yeah. you're not even going to get a grade. Oh, bad. Right. Yeah. So what do you do there? You guys, you're masters of this. What's oh. the Jedi solution? Just be gone. All the, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Ignore them. Because you can try to anticipate it for them, but then even then yeah. you're still the one doing the thinking. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the problem for a moment. Are we really willing to take on a problem that's not really ours? Yeah. When you, when you stop long enough to think about that question, it'll save you a whole lot of heartache. Yeah. Is this really my problem? Well, what do if I, you'll do it? Because if I don't, then they'll live with us forever. <laughs> right. They'll try to so create a problem for me. But so part of it is because most parents would never say, I won't do my children's homework mm-hmm. unless they really need me to. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden <laughs> Or do convince it. me that they really need me But it's really interesting because parents, we're a little warped, aren't we? What we yeah. think is helping them. We would die for our children, but we won't say no. Right. And then when we should say no, we won't. We always say, oh, yeah, well, let, me, let, mommy, let mommy type that paper for you. Let mommy correct it and add 14 more paragraphs. Yeah. And can we just give everyone permission <laughs> to do that occasionally? Yeah. Don't you think? <laughs> Come on. It's okay. It's okay to cheat for your kids. <laughs> is that what you're saying, Dr. P? <laughs> well, what it's I'm okay. saying is you're not going to irreparably... Just a little marijuana. <laughs> you won't irreparably harm your kids by giving mm. into something that... Once in, in a while, no way. In your more rested times, you wouldn't have done, but... In the heat of the moment, yeah. you know, I think as parents, we beat ourselves up too much, yeah. too. I mean, and if, they, if, it's, if it's just once in a while, it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the reasons that, that the first word that came to mind when you said parenting is difficult, because I think a lot of pre-thought can go a long way, but sometimes there's just not time for thinking through right, no. what you're going to do in the situation. No. And so you're reacting a lot of the times you're reacting. Yeah. And everything's different and every mm-hmm. situation's different. And then you have some kids crying fair that's not fair, and the other kids that don't want it fair. You know, you know. we talked about saying no. I actually learned early. I had a teacher tell me when I was in high school, try to say yes as often as possible so that when you have to say no, it carries yeah, more weight. I like that. And, and I do try to find opportunities to say yes as often as possible. So it's, that's a really important thing. And you can even teach the kids the words, you know, instead of just saying, can I do it, say, how can I how can I get this to work out in my favor? And that helps them start thinking mm-hmm. about oh, it as another well. another great thought. Well, one of our sons picked up the phrase, what would it take for really? me to be able to do yeah. X, Y, Z? What a great question. Yeah. It's a really good question. So, uh, I don't know, son, what would it take? What? So then you what, start brainstorming. Mm-hmm. See, now you've invited him to think as opposed to just react to, oh, yeah. you can't do that this year. Or, yeah, mom, tell me what the answer is. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What could we do to make that happen? What a great question. Mm-hmm. He just figured that out or he listened to one of your shows. <laughs> you may have invited him to think that through. I think we invited him to consider it, but he picked it up. Do you still? Do you guys still play those subliminal tapes that just slowly talk like to your kids all night long asleep. when Because <laughs> I've heard you guys do that. <laughs> those subliminal and I think, tapes. I don't know if it's healthy for him, but it's, apparently it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty neat. Well, uh, so, okay, how, let's just jump the gun here. Um, how mm-hmm. have you guys stayed happily married with four kids that you're raising? Do you want to take that one, Vic? 
That's Nikki's. <laughs> Why don't you start that way? No, no, it's we've just always stayed good friends. And um, in all honesty, I think it has to start with just being kind. So many people are not very kind yeah, to I each know. other. Yeah. Just a, just being kind, you know? That yeah. goes a long way. It goes a very long way. It goes way, a really it? long way. It's just a kind word, a kind... Isn't it? I thought it was your answer was going to be well. It's just Paul's rugged good looks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's well, also that she's kind. And <laughs> <laughs> there's some other principles involved. Yeah, the kindness thing is really huge. When we interact with our spouse, we have the same choice: think or fight. You're going to keep coming back to that. <laughs> and and what about a kind, loving response or a cutting, critical response? Hmm. You can probably come up with either. Totally. Choose. And I think that goes with parenting. I hear a lot of parents' voices, and they're very not very they're not very kind no. voices towards their children. And you can say the same thing. You can say no in a kind way. Sure. Yeah. You, you don't certainly have to be a jerk. can. And you don't yeah. have to throw out some. You know. And you don't have to be sappy. I'm mm. not saying sappy, but just dearest child, <laughs> my my beloved offspring. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's scary. Okay, we're going to take a break. Can you guys stick around? Sure. Sure. Um, We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about scary moments confronting parents. These are moments when you were a child, and you had to confront your parents. I want you to think of an example of when you had to approach your parents on a scary topic. Okay. Sounds fun. I've got one. We're going to reverse the game here a bit. What's it like to refer to uh, to have to go talk to your parents about difficult things? We also might give Skyboy a microphone. Doubt it. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. We're talking with Vicki and Paul Jenkins. DrPaulJenkins.com is the website. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are wrapping up our show on parenting today. We have the parenting experts, Jenkins Squared, Vicki and Paul Jenkins, both doctors. Dr. Vicki is a doctorate of uh, maternal love there you go. and uh, incredible patience with Paul. And Paul Jenkins is just a I'm clinical psychologist. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're going to do a fun part of the show. It's our uh, wrap-up of the parenting show, Scary Moments Confronting Our Parents. What's the scariest thing you had to take to your parents, and how did they handle it? And did anyone die? I feel like I should start, because I really don't have many super scary moments. Really? That means your parents were very docile. No, I had attitude, but I didn't ever really get into trouble, so... I think, <laughs> no, but probably the scariest thing um, that I did consistently would be asking my parents if I could go do things with friends when I knew that my parents had other things going on. Really? Yeah. So it'd be like- Because they needed really, you to babysit? Yeah. If they needed me to babysit or if we needed to clean up the yard for some reason, and yes. I'd have to go in and ask. That was scary. <laughs> that was it? Wait till we hear Bryce's. I ran to somebody and had to- that, but you know what? They're not really scary. It was oh, probably man. the scary. Yeah. They weren't very scary about it. Have you, have you ever, I, I drove home a car that I had thoroughly thrashed 
Yeah, I haven't done that. And I had to pull it into the driveway, just <laughs> dragging bumpers and lights hanging off of it. I had fled the scene somewhat. <laughs> you know, I, it was fine. Nobody cared. But it was – I totaled the car pretty much and drove it home. And I had to – my mom was actually waiting for me. I was supposed to be shoveling the cars – the driveway to get the car in. It was a big, huge, big, huge snowstorm. So I just took it around the block a couple times, a little spin right into a truck. Yeah, spin being the key word. Yeah, I, I was spun. <laughs> and anyway, she handled it incredibly well. Guess what her first question? Are you okay? Are you okay? See, I never would have asked that. What were you doing? Where were you? No, the correct answer is you better be bleeding. You like, better be bleeding. You better earn that. My mom, I could have come home missing a limb and she'd be like, you're good. Well, let's get that worked on. She was a great mom. She still is. So my question is, is the scary question because we're scared to ask our parent about yeah, the situation or yeah. because they re- reacted? It could, be, it could be either. So okay. it's just not a big deal, but they went off or it could be. No, we don't want to throw your parents under the bus. But why not? Who knows if they're even listening? Okay, who's got one? Who, Dr. PJ? You know what? I keep thinking about our little neighbor twins. And Vicki can help to enhance this story, but the little boy can't stop himself from telling on his sister. He has to do it. But it tears him up to do it. It makes him sad? Crying his eyes out. Telling that she did something wrong? Because he doesn't want to tell because he knows she'll get in trouble, but he has to. Yeah. He has to. (laughs) A compulsive tattletale. That's that's incredible guilt complex. (laughs) Well, she got in trouble for saying a bad word and got... Yeah, was Tabasco. it like Tabasco sauce or something on her tongue? Something oh, like that. Oh, see, he's got such a big and heart. And it was a traumatic experience for the whole family. I'll bet she Everyone beat him but down. The dad was crying before it was over. Are you serious? What a great family! Everyone. And then she said the potty word again. <gasps> she talks like a sailor. Where do you live? <laughs> and he went, this poor little guy. He just went up to his parents, just in tears. I just, I hate to tell you this. I just, oh. <laughs> She said it again. <laughs> Class. They're twins? Yeah. Well, because they feel each other's pain. It's a twin thing. <laughs> Matt, I don't yeah, think I'm that's real. No, I think I it is. It's like superheroes. You feel. Oh, boy. I don't feel, think that's real. It's like you're connected at the ring. Well, let's ask Paul. He's a twin. Is it true? <laughs> well, I am a twin, actually. Are you really? I have a twin sister. Are you the evil twin? Or the good twin? Oh, no. no, that would be my sister. Oh, she's the evil I was about to say, well, then yeah. we should hit you, call her, and be like, hey, did you feel that? Did you and then feel she that? says, what? Then I we just know hit it is your true. brother in the head. Yeah. Science. That's, That's interesting. Okay, right. Bryce, I know you had to have really messed something up. So you want to know the scary parenting thing that yeah. I am about to go through? What? Do they know? Are They, they might be listening. Yeah, I've already talked to my mom okay. about it. So it's, I guess it's kind of already happened. So this might be for your dad, though. Well, I, I'm sure he knows about it. Okay, what is it? Hey, Mom and Dad, you know how I went to college? Can I uh, come back home? Dead air. And it's like, uh... You, you mean our... <laughs> nice, nice one. <laughs> that took a second to go. Do you mean, you, mean um, you, you want to go to the old home that you left? Yeah. Not the new home where they live? No, no, the one where they're at. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, what did Mom say? Well, she was like, yeah. Did you cry? You cried. I may have prepared, um, you know. Tabasco tears. Not Tabasco tears. No, I may have prepared, you know, um, 
harakiri, whatever that is, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. ritualistic, you know, Japanese. Anyways. Yeah. Like a, you had to. It's very honorable. Bruce. Very honorable. Yes. I was prepared for it to be like, no. And it'd be like, okay, well, this is the end. Then Thank I must now throw myself on my sword. I must, yeah, <laughs> must, must toss myself from Mom, a cliff. Can you hand me that knife? That is scary. I'm glad they handled it well. Oh, yeah, they're fine. <sighs> You've got wonderful parents. They're pretty good. By the way, if anyone's adopting, Skyboy is looking for somewhere to go to. No, 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 no. Can we phrase? Can we rephrase that? If any of you have rich single daughters, <laughs> um, very good point. Ah, mm, there it is. Very good point. Just saying, I'll take them. You did great. Well, that was easy. See, nobody died. Parents are great, even back in the old days. Okay, Paul, give us one last word. You got twenty seconds, or Vicky, whichever. Let's let Vicky. Vicky's got that beautiful gift of patience. What's the one thing, parenting? It's going to sound sappy, Matt. Go for it. It's all about love. Love? It's all See, about I love. See, I told you it sounds sappy. No, but that's it, isn't but it? But really, that's the job of the parents, is to love their kids. And think. No matter what, and even if. I love it. Love it. And they're going to test you on that, so be ready. It's Simple but not easy. And not even sappy. DrPaulJenkins.com is the website. Thanks, Vicki, for bringing him, getting him here. We're out of here. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more solutions right here on BYU Radio.